Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, and here's your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools, talk radio show and podcast on 103.7 FM. We are here today with a very special guest from our community, Callista Barberi. She is with Youth Villages, and she is the foster parent teacher and recruiter. Welcome, Krista. Callista. Yes, Callista. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Callista, I heard you on the radio on the Three Dudes with a View on 101.7 FM just recently, and I thought, man, I have got to get Miss Callista on the Big L School Bus to talk about how much you guys do for students and kids in the community. Because I really get um, excited when I look at what all the nonprofits in our area and everything they do. So thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. I love what Youth Villages is doing in Murray County, and I brag on them all the time. I don't blame you. I've been checking out the website and reading some of the stuff you sent me. Um, First of all, let's tell our listening audience a little about who Callista Barberi is. Well, I am a foster parent trainer and recruiter. I um, have been speaking to people ever since I was like five years old because I grew up with my parents being missionaries. And so I was a cute kid and they were like, go talk to all the churches and tell them that they should support us. I was a cute kid too. (laughs) Right, Mike? Was. I I believe it. (laughs) Was. I got the face for radio. But anyway, go ahead, Calista. So I've been talking my whole life. And so when um, I started out in Youth Villages in the Life Set program, so that's a program that helps kids who are aging out of foster care. So I was basically a life coach for 18-year-olds who had never really had a whole lot of freedom because in foster care there are structure and rules, which is great for foster care. But once they turn 18, they have, they're able to make their own choices, and they're like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? And they're an incredibly vulnerable population for human trafficking and for incarceration and for drug use and for teen pregnancy. And so um, my job was to help keep them out of those avenues and on path uh, to success. And so we spent a lot of hours at the DMV trying to get their driver's lessons and filling out job applications and bank statements, and I loved that job. Um, But I also got to see the impact that a really good foster family could have on a kid aging out of foster care. And so I'm also really passionate about finding those really good foster families that can help our kids, no matter when the child comes into their home, become successful people because of the experience they had in that foster home. Wow, that sounds really cool. I really like what you said about, you know, helping to keep them from being incarcerated, from um, human trafficking and stuff like that. One of the keys to Murray County Public Schools and public education in general is getting people the education they need to succeed. Absolutely. And if they were are able to complete all 14 years of school, K through 12, mm-hmm. 13 years of school, then they're more likely to succeed. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's probably a lot of push on your um, – you said it was very structured – about keeping education going and making sure they get their their high school diplomas and stuff. Absolutely. There was I actually have a story about that when I was in the LifeSet program. We had a young man who um wasn't in foster care. We also have a program that is part of the LifeSet program for kids who are just in danger of dropping out of school. So I also talked to guidance counselors and I was like, "Look, we have um, another fund for kids. If they're if they're about to drop out, they're not going to graduate. Send them my direction. I'm going to help them finish because guidance counselors are overtaxed already. And so um, she sent me this kid. He had like two classes to finish, and he just didn't want to finish. He was like, um, I don't care about school. Nobody cares if I finish high school. So I sat down with him, and we were like, okay, what is it going to take for you to graduate? And he was like, I want my car back. 
because his mom had like grounded him and said, I'm not giving you your car back until you finish high school. Hmm. But he didn't believe he was going to get his car back. So all I did was I just sat there with him and his mom and we wrote up a contract and said, if he finishes school, if he graduates in like two months, will you give him his car back? And she signed it and he signed it and we put it up on the fridge and I took a picture and kept it in our file. So we had a backup plan and he finished high school and got his car back. Um, and that was, that was what it took. We just had to sit down and have a, a meeting between his family and him. And we talked to the guidance counselor about what it would take. And he was almost done. He just had to find that one thing that would right. get him to finish. You were able to continue him into that because he was, he was scared. He wasn't going to get it. And so right. that simple little talk and that simple little contract. That one piece of paper. Made the difference. And right. he was able to get his uh, diploma. Right. And he opened a bank account and he got a job after high school. And by the time he completed our program, it's a nine-month program, um, he, was, he was pretty set. To, to continue being successful as a that's, person. That's kind of interesting in that in the last few years that I was teaching, the one of the new things that they had brought into our classroom was contract learning in which you actually sat down with mm-hmm. the kid uh, if it was a discipline situation or a mm-hmm. situation with the kid and his parents. But a lot of times you just sat down with the kid and you wrote out a contract. If you will do this, you will do this, you will do this, you will get this, yeah. this, and this grade mm-hmm. or this, this, and this privilege. You know, it, it's one of those things that nothing new under the sun. Right. <laughs> times, right. But it came, it was a new program for us. Right. It sounds like it worked perfectly for you guys. And it's a good skill for them to carry on into adulthood, to have that contract skill, because that's something that you use in, in a business relationship as well. Yeah, you're right, Coach Mike Lyle. Um, the contract learning and that the fact that you were able to take that and make it into something that really benefited the young man, and now he's doing well, I hope. Um, Tell us a little bit. Now we're here. We're talking about youth villages where you work. Tell us a little about the mission program and the impact that it has on our community. Would you? Um, our overall mission is to help um, families live successfully because we have a lot of different programs in the area, and so that overarching theme applies to um, all of our different programs. Um, one of my favorite values is that we do what we say we do. Um, and that's a really big tenant of um, all, every single program that we do because we have crisis services that are in the emergency rooms. And we have in-home services, which is our preventative program that helps keep kids in the home and out of state custody. Um, and this program is really unique because while a child is in state custody, we also have our program working with the family to help get them back on track so that their child that's in state custody can go back home with them. So um, while we also do foster care, and I brag on our foster care counselors and our supervisor all the time, I think we are the best of, 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 our, of what we do, what we do really well. Um, we use evidence-based practice, and we do lots of um, programs dedicated to just studying what we do, and if it works, then we keep it, and if it doesn't, then we toss it. And so um, they do a really great job, and they work like their offices and are right next to each other, the foster care office and the in-home services. So they talk all the time about, okay, how's this family doing How's the biological family doing? How's the foster child doing in the foster home? Um, what's the deadline for getting them back home to their biological family? Um, and then, of course, we have the Life Set program that I've already talked about. So Youth Villages, is it just a Tennessee, state of Tennessee program? We are actually in 15 states now. 15 we started states. in Memphis, but um, 30 years ago, they handed Pat Lawler a group home and said, you either need to make this group home successful or we're shutting it down. And 30 years later, we're in 15 states. That's amazing. And it's a nonprofit organization, correct? Yes. 
That is excellent. Um, it says Youth Villages is a Tennessee-based. Was it originally started in Tennessee then? Yes, it started in Memphis. Excellent. Um, nonprofit organization that helps children, families, and young people live successfully. That's basically the mantra for so many people to, to, to do, like foster parents themselves helping people. Um, you serve youth who have trauma-related emotional and behavioral needs by helping them develop trust, like like helping that young man, right. self-esteem, and necessary life skills they need to be successful. I really like that. And, and the, the whole idea of foster parenting seems like such a great idea. What does it take, and, and might be jumping ahead here a little bit, but what does it take to become a foster parent? I mean, is it expensive? Does it cost a lot? Stuff like that. That is a great question, and I try to make my answer as succinct as possible because we do have an information class. It's virtual. where It's it's a two-hour class where it's all about what it takes to be a foster parent, what it's like to work with you, Phil, just specifically, and all of the steps that you need to take from I'm interested to being a foster parent to now your home study is done. Um, but the first thing that you would do is to give me a call. Or check out our website and fill out the inquiry form, which, again, goes straight to me, and then I'll call you back. The website, by the way, is youthvillages.org. Yes. And there's a foster care tab, and as you scroll down, you can see some of the frequently asked questions. And then there's an inquiry page um, that goes straight to me. And so um, if you look on the website, there's my personal cell phone number on there, so you can also call that. And if I don't answer, leave me a voicemail, and I'll call you back. I love talking about foster parents. So that's the first step no matter what. And then we have virtual classes and a series of interviews, and I have to do a home safety checklist. So check out your home, make sure it's safe for the kid. Um, And then um, we certify you in CPR as a foster parent because we want to make sure that our kids and our foster parents feel prepared for whatever gets thrown at them. Um, Our classes are really focused on um, trauma-informed care because any kid that comes into foster care is is experiencing trauma just the this regardless of how they ended up um coming into whether it's neglect or abuse or whatever um just the act of coming into state custody is trauma in and of itself and so you're going to see some of those trauma behaviors but we teach all of our foster parents what to expect as well as we can and say this is what you can expect these are the kinds of behaviors here are some we have a whole class called trauma-informed parenting strategies and it's all about how to parent a child in the foster care system and um, it's one of my favorite classes to teach because it's it's even made me a better parent with my own biological kids because it's it's a lot about patience and connecting with the child first um, but to answer your question about the cost of having a child in the home, there is a stipend. It's called a reimbursement stipend for having a child in the home. Um, it, I like to tell people they're not going to get rich off of foster care. That's not that's, the point. Right? That's not yeah. the point. No, you're you're not going to make a ton of money. Um, it's more about just reimbursing you for the cost of having a child in your home. And it's somewhere d- between 20 and $60 a day. Yeah, I seen online when I checked out the um, website, and you have pictures of yes. students that are children that are available, I believe, to yes. be fostered. And there was a lot of teenagers in there, and I'm thinking, man, when I was a teenager, I practically my my parents could barely keep up with the refrigerator. Okay, because <laughs> uh, I'd get home from school, and I had football practice, and then I had band practice, and I had all these things going on. So mm-hmm. I ate a lot, mm-hmm. and I think my dad was quite impressed because he, he's like, "Yeah, you got to eat a good meal." And he was like, "Okay, you're eating a good meal. Uh, we got to go to the grocery store again." Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot a lot of cost there and, involved in just keeping up with um, the things that the students need. 
um, clothing and all that kind of stuff. So I was just curious if there's help there. So there is help on some reimbursements to help do the fostering. Absolutely. And I will brag on our community again. There are some really great community resources outside of that stipend. Um, I did a walkthrough with Church of the City, and they have they say they have a closet for foster parents, but it's like a whole wing of their church that is just for supporting What's this called parents. now? Church of the City? Church of the City. Okay. Um, and it's all clothing and um, any sort of like like car seats and stuff for people who are fostering babies and like bedding and sheets and almost anything you could possibly need if you have a foster kid. and Because um, they want you to be able to use that stipend um, for whatever you need. And so they were like, let's help with the clothing side of right. things. And so I actually had a foster parent recently, I think it was last week, show up there and they said, how old are your kids? What sizes do you need? We're going to take you to that section and just take what you need. Like we're not going to set a limit or anything because God has provided for us so far. Right. Um, so they help with clothing. And then the well that's also in Spring Hill, shout out to them because they also help our foster Shout parents. out to the well outreach, Spring Hill, Tennessee, that yes. covers Mary County. County, which I serve on their board. Oh, awesome. Great. Yes. Well, they also have been helping our foster parents with the whole grocery situation. Even though they do have that stipend to help pay for groceries, it never hurts to have extra food in the house. Yeah, Jack, didn't, haven't I seen on the side of a building near Jones and Lang in, in the well outreach, or is that another group that I'm... The well outreach is currently not in that location, but there may be a, a billboard over there or something, but they are looking to expand the location. They're in Spring Hill right now. Mm-hmm. They're looking to get another location as they continue to grow in Columbia. Um, right. I don't know if you know, Calista, but um, the, the well outreach actually provides the backpack program okay. to students that don't get enough food, and every Friday... Up to 500 students get a backpack filled with meals. That's amazing. And and one of the really cool things, I was at a board meeting recently, and, and uh, the executive director, Shelley Sasson, had to brag on this because they've taken what was very generic food, and people don't necessarily always want the generics, especially kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know why kids are so picky, like my granddaughter, <laughs> but um, they've actually got some brand name stuff in there now and it really look i was like well heck i'll take one of those that looks good so they're doing a great job i had to do a little shout out to the well Absolutely. because i they help out in our school district helping feed so many children they're doing some really yeah. uh crucial work but that would also be a, a like you said a supplemental resource for help with mm-hmm. with your program as well yes yes i try to tell all of our foster parents i just sent over the resources to our um tr- our uh, supervisor as well and said make sure that all of our foster parents know about this resource because it's a great way to have extra food in the house yeah and food is not cheap no it's definitely not <laughs> and um the, the the idea that you can get some extra help and you know of course the money the stipends help but any additional help you can get, you know, being a foster parent, it has to be something that you're drawn into that you really want to make a difference and you want to help a student succeed and grow into a, 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 a contributing citizen. And that's one of the things that we talk about with our foster families is making sure that before they become foster families that they have a really good support around them. Because um, kind of like our name, Youth Villages, it takes a village to raise a child, whether it's your own child or a foster child. And so even in our information class, we say, we want you to evaluate yourself. Are you happy with your family? Because a foster child isn't going to make you feel complete. Um, If you're looking for something to fill a hole in your life, 
um, a foster child isn't where you're going to find that fulfillment. You need to feel like you are complete and you have more to offer um, because a foster child, it's going to be a challenge. We don't, we don't sugarcoat it. We tell them it's definitely not easy, but these kids need that love and affection that people um, have to give, and it, they can make a huge difference in the life of a kid. Let's expand a little bit on um, some of the things you guys do. Um, I want to read here. Our, your programs include in-home counseling services for children and families, yes. residential treatment, crisis intervention, foster care and adoption services, and transitional support for young people exiting foster care. So you don't just get them a place to stay and find a, a, a great family to live with. You help them afterwards, too. Absolutely. Um <laughs> Across the board, we kind of cover all aspects so that no matter where a kid or a family is in life, like, we got you covered. Um, If you're in crisis, we'll meet you at the um, emergency room and talk you through that. Um, I know I have bragged on our our services, but Chandler Anderson has worked in the emergency room, and he said that firsthand he has seen how youth villages works with the kids, um, and he also brags on us. So I like to hear that from people who are not youth villages employees, like people who have seen us out in the community and are, are also able to say that we do good work. Um, that reflects really well. Yeah. I was, I was um, asked by our superintendent, Michael Hickman with the school district. He says, Hey, hey who do you get on the uh, big yellow school bus this week? I said, youth villages, Callista barbarian. He goes, Oh, that's excellent. I love youth villages. So he's already aware awesome. of the I great things you guys do mm-hmm. and how much it is, how important it is to the students that are in our community. You know, if, if they don't get the help they need, they end up in truancy. Absolutely. They don't go to school. And then our pupil services department has to try to help them. And it's, it's much harder mm-hmm. if you're trying to help them afterward. Right. And that's a big part of our in-home services is helping the kids, especially um, I was a supervisor for a brief time for our in-home services. And that was a large part of our program was keeping kids in school. We would be in the court systems, and if the the child was out of school too many days, they got referred to our program because um, if they're truant for too long, they're in danger of coming into state custody because they need more structure. And so our job was to work with them. A lot of times we did contracts where we would say, okay, how can we work with this family to keep this kid in school the whole time? And that was a major focus of our entire in-home services was keeping kids in school all the way up to graduation Um, and we had a lot of teenagers in that program as well 16 year olds who just thought that they were done um, but they were not done and so trying to figure out how to get them to graduation as quickly as possible so that they could still stay home and because we don't want any more teenagers in state custody no we do not now we said you know we mentioned teenagers a couple times we only have a couple minutes left here before the break um what is the age limit that you're dealing with the most right now? Is it younger um, students or is it um, older students? We have all ages, but we have a lot of teenagers. And that's where our biggest need is because I think people kind of shy away from teenagers thinking that they're more difficult. But a lot of times teenagers end up in state custody um, as long as they do because people are afraid to take teenagers into their home, whereas their behaviors aren't super extreme it's just really hard to find a home for them i'll tell you what folks you need to go look at youthvillages.org slash adoption i just scrolled those pictures and i was like oh my gosh these just looking at the faces made me go i wish i had room in my house to bring in some kids and help them Mm -hmm. um because they just just looking at the face you're thinking oh that kid has got to be great you know you can see it in their eyes they just need a family to love them and and that's really so easy to do. I mean, you do have to have the space and, and your home and all that. Um, 
I'm sure there's requirements like having a room and all that kind of stuff. Right. And we can go into that um, some more after this if you'd like. I can talk more about what the house needs to look like so you, people can see if their house is already ready. Yeah, I have rooms, but I, I don't have enough rooms. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to go ahead and uh, move to the break. Coach Lyle's giving me the signal, and we will be back with Callista Barberry with Youth Villages and Mike Lyle on the keyboards. Thanks. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Good times, great music. WKRM 103.7 FM and 1340 AM. Front Porch Radio from Yuletown, Tennessee. For 60 years, people have shopped Parks Motor Sales to get the best vehicles and the best service. ParksMotorSales.com has details on new Buicks, certified pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, financing, certified technicians, parts, tires, and much more. Stop by 919 Nashville Highway, take a Buick for a test drive, and learn why the Buick Encore and Buick Enclave are among America's most reliable vehicles. Experience the new Buick at Parks Motor Sales. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Our company, The Garbage Man Incorporated, has been advertising on WKOM and WKRM for years now, and as a result, our company has really grown. Now we're looking for young, healthy, hardworking people to grow with us. We are in need of drivers and helpers. We pay serious money. So if you like outside work and want to work for a great local company, call me at 931-540-0919 and let's talk. Columbia Foodland is a locally owned and operated family grocery store with a full line of dry, dairy, frozen, meat, and produce items. We focus on keeping the freshest hand-cut meat and produce items daily with the most competitive prices in town. We offer weekly ad specials as well as in-store weekly specials throughout the store. Located at 427 West 7th Street in Columbia in the former Harris Foodland location. Columbia Foodland. We are here and ready to serve the wonderful people of Columbia and the surrounding areas. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late-inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Three, two, one. 
Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show and podcast, 103.7 FM. We are here with Youth Village's Callista Barberi, who is the foster parent, trainer, and recruiter. Let's talk a little bit about the need and the recruiting possibilities that you have. You have a lot of need right now in our community for help for these these young people, right? Absolutely. We really need foster kids. I mean, foster parents because our we have 8,000 kids approximately in the state of Tennessee who are in state custody right now, and we have about 4,000 homes. And so um, the, the need is Yeah, that's only really half of them. Good. Yes, it really is. So it, Real quick, what happens when you say they're in state custody of 8,000, only 4,000 homes? Where are these kids housed? That's a great question. Um, it kind of depends on where they come from. Sometimes they're in temporary housing, like they're with kinship care or um, we're in the process of trying to find a home for them. Some of them are in our group homes because they were um, in one of our residential programs ahead of time, and they're just waiting to step down. Um, I We do a great job in our group homes, but once a child is done with the program, they don't need to be there anymore right. because it's such a structured place. Is this similar to the one like in, t- in Spring Hill, Tennessee Children's Home? It's a lot like okay. it. We, we don't do the program at Tennessee Children's Home, but mm-hmm. it's very similar okay. to that structure where it's very, very structured. There's a lot of rules. It's, you know, house parents with a whole bunch of kids. And we want to get these kids out of that environment as soon as possible and into a place that at least feels like home. So in Tennessee, there are 4,000 young people that need a place. There's 8,000 kids and 4,000 homes. So, um, yes, exactly. There's uh, 4,000 that still are waiting for their forever home which is why I'm out talking about this so much. I don't blame you one bit for being out there and being an advocate and talking about this. So tell us a little bit more about that need. Yes. um, I will say our greatest need is for people who just have a heart for teenagers. I have actually had some people call me recently, um, and they're just like, I just have a heart for teenagers, and I want to foster teenagers. And I said, you are absolutely in the right place. Um, I am the person that you need to talk to. Um, I have actually talked to the people over at Tennessee Children's Home, and they tell me the same thing because they got a bunch of teenage boys, and they're like, we just need more foster homes for our kids to step down, our teenage boys to step down into foster homes. And I said, I know I'm trying, I'm trying to find families that have, and I think sometimes that can feel scary taking on a teenager because we feel like they're, they're a lost cause. Um, and they're not. And we talk about that in our classes because, um, people think that the only time a child is malleable is in, when, in their younger years, when they're like three or when they're eight, like uh, they, people think younger kids are easy. And that's not necessarily the case because what we talk about in our classes is that um, there are two major points in life when a child's brain, we get really science um, heavy in our classes and I love that's it. Good. It's really interesting to talk about the science of trauma and how the brain works and how um, there are specific times in a child's life when you get to make the biggest impact. And one of them is when they're probably three, four, five, but the other one is in adolescence. It's that extra opportunity where their brain is in the process of rewiring again. And you have a chance to kind of come in there and say, okay, this is what you've been doing your whole life to survive. Let me show you a better way to do this so that you can actually be successful and um, not be where you are anymore. Wow, that sounds really cool. It says that you've had an increase in Tennessee children entering care during the pandemic. That's the last year and a half or so. The pandemic has had a dramatic increase on it. What's going on? 
part of it is just it's it's felt really chaotic. And so sometimes that chaos can show up really differently in the lives of our most vulnerable population. Um, if a parent is already um, using substances, um, I know that substance use, um, whether it's alcohol or drugs, has increased dramatically over the pandemic as well. And so that can be an influencing factor. We've also had um, a increase in home closures it hasn't been dramatic like we've had people who have started working from home and so we've had some who have said oh we can foster because now i'm working from home instead of working in an office and so i'm more available to supervise but we've had an equal number of families who have said i am terrified of all of the germs and i you know and some of it's legitimate they Mm -hmm. have health Mm -hmm. conditions Um, you do have to pass a physical but you don't have to be in perfect health and so someone might have asthma or diabetes or some other kind of health condition where they said, I just, I can't take a foster kid in my home right now because I can't have that risk. And then they close their home. And so it's kind of on both sides, kids coming into custody and families closing their homes as well. In the statistics here, it said over the last 10 years, there has been an increase of 56% for children waiting for adoption. That's pretty high. It is. It's, it breaks my heart every time that we talk about that because it's, such, it's something that's so near and dear to, to my heart and seeing the impact that adoption can make in the lives of our kids. Um, and I think, I think it's just that's why I'm so passionate about talking about this is because sometimes people don't know what their options are. I get people who talk to me all the time that say, oh, I'm interested in adopting, and I'm actually interested in adopting a child. I don't necessarily want to go through the baby process all over again. Um, I've had several who have like said, I've had my babies, I'm done with that, but I could offer my home to a child, um, and I didn't know it was free. Because adoption, if you adopt a baby, it's incredibly expensive. And if you do, if you adopt through the foster care system, um, the cost is incredibly minimal. I say it's free. Sometimes you have to pay for a physical, although if you're here in Murray County and you go to Right Care Clinic, you can get your foster parent physicals done for free. But um, it's it's very, very minimal. I think if you adopt through a private agency, it can be upwards of like $50,000. That's what I've heard some people quote me. Um, and the state covers the cost of adopting out of the foster care system. Wow, fifty thousand—that's a lot of money. Yeah, my, right? uh, my my daughter's looking into it right mm-hmm. now in Arkansas, and it's a lot. It's there's there's a considerable investment in, in money and, and stuff, um, and it's so, so needed. I, I can't understand why it would be so expensive, but um, that's a different story for a different it is, day. That's um, not our topic today. We but. have an average. You say we mean meaning Youth Villages has an average of seventy children in care available for adoption right now. Yes. Is that just in this area or is that all through all your states? It's it's throughout the states. I would say um, the, the most simple way to look at our website is to look at the kids who are eligible in the state of Tennessee. Um, every now and then, most of our adoptions that take place come from in-state um, adoptions and in-state custody, whether they're in our program or in-state custody. Um, we had one where a kid was out of state. It just gets a little more complicated with paperwork. And so we have so many that are already in the state of Tennessee that if you're interested in adopting, we're going to find a kid that fits your profile. Okay. If I'm single and I love children, can I adopt? Absolutely. There are um, some eligibility requirements for um, everybody, whether you're single or married. Um, You have to be at least 25 years old, and um, you have to be able to pay your own bills. You have we have like an income and expenses sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to make more money than what you have to pay out, um, and that's the basic requirements. That doesn't sound too hard. 
Now, one of the things I want to ask you is why are you different? Youth Villages, foster care and adoption programs, why are you different, okay? I love this question, so I'm so glad you asked me this because it's it's my my main bragging point on Youth Villages is we really want to see our families succeed. And that's not to say that other places don't, but I think our level of support goes above and beyond what I've seen anywhere else. We have a foster care counselor that is in the home working both with the child and with the family to make that transition successful. We're in the home once a week for in-home counseling. And I tell people to take advantage of that. Like if you are struggling or you have questions, you can absolutely bring those up in your in-home counseling session. Sometimes we can come as often as three times a week if the initial transition especially can be kind of difficult, getting used to a new child, making that it's a new dynamic in your family. And so we want to see you succeed. And we tell people, ask for help before you feel like things are not working. If you even like have, have a moment where you're like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work, just call us. I, I noticed we'll in you. my notes here that you uh, sent to me that you have 24-7 on-call support. Absolutely, yes. That's amazing. If, if something's going on in the middle of the night and you just, you just don't know how to handle it or something and, and you just really need some advice, you can call 24-7. Yep. That's somebody's entire job is to be on-call. And um, bragging point on that too, we make sure that the people who are on-call are very well-qualified. Um, I just recently finished my master's degree this year, and um, I have looked into that job a few years ago when I, all I had was a bachelor's degree, and I wasn't eligible for it. They make sure that you have a master's degree in counseling and that you have years of experience before taking a phone position to counsel people over the phone, which I think speaks volumes as to the quality of support that we yeah, offer. Yeah, absolutely. So – in a nutshell, foster parents are never alone in this process. Absolutely. We, we, that's, that's our big, I think that's our big selling point is that we're there for you. We're in the home at least once a week and we are always available 24 seven by phone. And I want to, I want to back up to something that, uh, that we started to talk about the training courses. What is Tennessee key training courses, certification, and of course, ongoing weekly and monthly training and support? Um, One of the things that we say is a key um, tenant of being a successful foster parent is that you want to be always learning new things, and we give you every opportunity to learn lots of new things. Uh, All of our classes are virtual classes now, which is something that I think is really cool because if you are in Lawrenceburg, you don't have to drive to Columbia to come to classes anymore. You can just log onto your computer and take all of our virtual classes. They are they take between two and three months, 10, t- 10 key classes. Um, the key stands for Knowledge Empowers You, and it's the DCS curriculum that is what it takes to be a foster parent. Um, it's four different classes. It's all about navigating the child welfare system. It's about um, trauma-informed care. That's where we show pictures of the brain, of how trauma affects like the actual synapses in the brain and how there's lacking connections in a child that does it. So if a child is acting strange, it's because their brain is functioning differently right. than uh, a child that grew up in a loving home. And so um, that's what we talk about a lot in those classes. And then Youth Villages offers more classes because we are therapeutic foster care and we offer that extra support and extra training. We have four more classes that are all about 
um, how to work with our children specifically who need that extra level of attention. And so we have like a prudent parenting class, how to work with parents who are substance users, um, which is always a really tricky topic to talk about. Um, it's, it leads to some really good discussions. People have really strong opinions during that class. Um, but it's really crucial that we have that before a child comes into your home so that if you have a foster child in your home and their biological parents are using substances, you can say, oh, we talked about this in class, um, and this is, these are the skills that I have taken away from that. Then we do have ongoing training after that. The virtual classes continue, and some of them are self-led learning. Um, it's a DCS class that they put on their website, and you just watch a video and you take a quiz. And then some of them are live classes that are ongoing trainings. Um, because we don't expect you to remember everything from key right. classes. So we want you to have um, updated trainings as you go through. And it'll be really applicable once you have a child in your home because you'll say, oh, we talked about this in class and now I have a kid in my home. And then here's this refresher that kind of reminds me of some of the stuff that I have learned. And now I can actually apply it now that I have a child. I in love my that home. you have all this training available, certifications and ongoing support. Um I think we talked a little bit about some of the need um, of like who is available, but I find it interesting that you actually have adoption or, or fostering available from uh, birth to 22 years old. Why past 18 would you have to have a foster parent? Um, that is a great question, and I love that too. I actually, um, because of my experience in life set, I, could, I have firsthand experience seeing what this looks like. Mm -hmm. There is a whole program um, – I wrote a ridiculously long paper about the whole program after 18. And so it's really fascinating that there's a government grant out there now just to fund kids who are aging out of foster care. And so if families want to continue fostering their child after the age of 18, that stipend, that reimbursement continues up until age 22. And there's funds to help uh, kids to go to college for free if they've aged out of the foster care system. And um, so it's a really great opportunity to help kids who may have not had a lot of support up until their teenage years to continue to have that extra level of support up until age 22. I know I relied on my parents a lot until age 22. And so our foster kids needed even more. Yeah. If, if you ever listen to the big yellow school bus, um, I have touched personally on my life and I have um, a family member that had addiction and it's tough to get through. Absolutely. But the family member I'm talking about is healthy again and Good. doing great. And she needs me mm -hmm. more than anything right now and much older than 18. So, Coach? Um, yeah, I've noticed, you know, like you said, the, the, the certain times when you can have an influence and, and stuff like that. Uh, with with my two daughters, it was, yeah, I had that influence. When 18, when they graduated, and then they moved on to college, I was getting a whole lot of calls back about, hey, now that I have to make the decision, Dad, how do I look at this? Mm -hmm. And I can imagine our foster kids that haven't had the the constant parent upbringing. You know, of course, they, they've been in and out of homes and stuff like that. If the right. foster system having that person, I, I like the idea that goes up to 22, that, you know, that having that adult, that relationship, that mom, dad person to call back to. Uh, is invaluable, especially when now they really are on their own. Right. Yes, yes, they've been on their own a lot, probably as a foster kid. But now they, that now they are on their own, and they that that having that hook or that anchor back home in a sense. It makes all the difference. Yeah. There's a video that we play in the very beginning of our um, information class that says it only takes one 
um, successful, one adult to help a foster child be successful. Um, while we encourage people to have a village of support, um, the research shows that it really just takes one dedicated individual in the life of a teenager to help them be successful. I like uh, the comment here. Fostering a child is the first step toward adoption. And, you, and it says here that you have many people that come into the, the foster program with the intentions that they really, really want to adopt. Yes. I love that, that people have that intention. Um, what do you do to help them on that route? This is um, a great – but the very first family that I ever certified came in with – that mindset they said they actually saw a young lady she was 14 or 15 on our website that you mentioned earlier they saw her profile they watched it and they were just like this girl needs to be part of our family she loves to be outside she loves to ride horses we live on five acres of land we ride horses almost every weekend like she just she needs to be a part of our family and so they reached out to me and they said we understand it we we talked through the foster to adopt process um, and we can go into that more but the basics of that is that they have to be in the home for a minimum of six months as a foster child before they're eligible for adoption and that is for the foster family as well as for us to make sure that it's a good fit we're not going to just let you adopt a child and then drop you like you get that six months of support and um so we did that and as we were going through the process i always tell people i can't guarantee that this child on the website is going to be eligible by the time you're certified because i think i got them certified in three months and that was pretty quick for a foster family because it's a big and i know we're going to go into that later but Mm -hmm. the whole it's a process to become a foster parent and that's to make sure that the foster family is actually motivated and a safe home there's a there's a bunch of steps to go through for that we're going to get but, right into right, that. We'll, we'll get into we'll get that right later. into that adoption but process here. The but adoption I, is definitely something that people, if they are interested in adopting, um, we have a whole process for that. But the initial process is the same. You still work with me. You turn all your paperwork into me. I do the home study exactly the same, whether you're fostering or fostering to adopt. Um, and then afterwards, if we there's like a little checkbox that says we want to be a pre-adoptive home. And so when our um, placement specialist, who is great at her job, I brag on her too all the time, she looks at what your ideal child is. And then she looks at our children who are already available for adoption. And she's more likely to give you a child in your home that's already eligible for adoption if you say that you are interested in that's adoption. That's very cool because – that is a calling in itself right there, somebody Absolutely. that's looking to adopt. And you also, let me, uh, you will work across state lines for adopting youth in Tennessee, right? Yes, we do. It's, it's a little more complicated, but mm-hmm. if it's the right fit, um, we're going to make it happen. What is youth villages, foster care, and adoptive youth? What does adoptive youth mean? Um, it, it just means that they are eligible for adoption. Okay. Um, of these youth, you have 70 children available for adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, your goal is to find a forever home for all the children in foster care program. Um, preferences to get foster children back with their biological family. Does that happen a lot? Um, we that, That's the goal every single time. Okay. And I tell people it's different with kids uh, depending on the kid and the family. But the goal with the department and with Youth Villages, with every single child that comes into care, is reunification with their biological family first. And then if that plan has failed, then they become eligible for adoption. The children in our care who are available for adoption face special challenges such as emotional childhood trauma, abuse, and or neglect. So... It is so important 
that we find a very healthy and loving family for these children, correct? Absolutely. And we're going to be taking a break here in a minute. Um, uh, Coach Mike's giving me the um, the signal. Before we go to break, I, I've got to touch on this one more time. It's youthvillages.org slash adoption. You can see profiles. Yes. It just touched my heart when I seen these and I looked at the faces. I didn't, I didn't really click on the, any of the pictures. There's videos then. Yes, you can see like what, what their preferences are and what they want to be when they grow up. Um, it's really kind of amazing to, to see where they want to go, and you immediately think, oh, how can I help them do that? Oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. We are here with Calista Barberi with Youth Villages here in Columbia, Tennessee, and Coach Lyle, thank you. We'll be back with a word from our sponsors. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. When it comes to service, why settle for less than a number one rated facility? At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, our certified technicians service all makes and models, and we make it easy with same-day appointments and daily coupons. Simply go to Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net to book your appointment today. While you're there, check out the whole new lineup of 2021 Ram trucks and Jeeps. For sales and service, don't settle for less than number one Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, Tennessee's number one volume dealer based on combined retail and fleet sales. You can count on us. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Do you know Tillis Jewelry creates custom, one-of-a-kind pieces that are available in our store now? Hello, this is Rick Tillis, and that's right. We are known for our custom designs. We create jewelry using old mine-cut or European-cut diamonds to rare colored gemstones. We create these custom pieces for each season. I'm sure you can find something for yourself or a loved one. Stop by our showroom and try on a Tillis Jewelry custom piece today. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to view our designs and much more. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. This is folks singer Michael Jonathan. I live in a log cabin with a big front porch. I like to pick my banjo on it. I have a syndicated live audience radio show called Wood Songs. We treat it like a multimedia front porch. It airs on WKRM Radio 103.7 FM, Friday afternoons at 4 and Saturday mornings at 7 and on WKOM 101.7 FM, Saturday evenings at 6. It's Front Porch Radio and the Wood Songs Old Time Radio Hour. Howdy, y'all. This is George Hamilton V, and you're listening to WKRM 103.7 FM, Mule Town Radio, front porch radio from Middle Tennessee. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. 
Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show and podcast on 103.7 FM. We are blessed to have Youth Village's Callista Barberi here today. She's the foster parent trainer and recruiter. We've talked a lot about what goes on at Youth Villages. I think just thinking about everything you've told me so far, this county and this area is blessed to have you guys here locally. Absolutely. I love getting to see um, how Youth Villages gets involved in what's going on. What you guys do is so needed. You know, I bring a lot of nonprofits in to talk about what they do for the community. And this is the first level of foster care and adoption um, uh, organization that I brought in. And I'm, I'm duly impressed about what you guys do. All the levels and, and, and the, the things you do to make sure people that are interested are prepared. It just amazes me. So let's talk about how, if, if I'm interested, how do I get started in the adoption prog- progress? I know a student's been, a child's been fostered, and they've have been released from um, um, custody from their parents, and they and they need some place to live, somebody to love on them. How do I start that process? I mean, this has got to be important. It it absolutely is important. People who are interested in adoption are some of my favorite people to talk to because they're committed. They are in it. And um, the process, however, is exactly the same as if you were to foster or if you were to adopt. You still take all of the same classes. Um, but throughout the process, um, I do a series of interviews. You're going to talk to me if you're in the South Central area. I'm, I'm the one foster parent trainer and recruiter with Youth Villages for okay. all 15 counties down here. And... Um, but Murray County specifically is it's it's all me, and so you would turn all in your paperwork into me. But in the interview process, if you just say we are interested in adoption, and that's really where our heart is, um, you still would need to foster the child for six months, like we talked about in the last segment. Mm-hmm. But we make a, a a mark on your paper. We say this family is really interested in this age range, and they're really interested in adoption. And we can even make a point throughout the process if you say, "Hey, I saw this specific." Case. We can reach out even before you're certified to the adoption specialist and say, I found this family. They're really great. They really have a heart for adoption, and they're really interested in this specific kid that they saw on our website. Can you um, look at my interview notes? Um, we fill out so much paperwork. but um, It's a good thing. It's a great thing because we have a lot of information to give our adoption specialist, and they can see what behaviors that this family is willing to accept and which ones that they just say, I, c- I can't handle that. And we respect that. But we also look at the behaviors of the children who are in our care and say, do we think that this is a good fit? And even before they're certified, we can say, okay, we can target this family with this specific child, and there's the potential for a child to be placed in the foster-to-adopt process the day that they're certified. That's definitely a possibility. If they're in our group homes, sometimes we'll do a trial home visit first. We'll let them um, stay with them for like a weekend or a day and kind of see how it works. Um, There was one kid where they did phone calls first. They did phone calls, they talked to him, then they came and did a trial home visit, and then they moved into the home. And that's because we want to make sure that everyone feels ready. Um, We don't always have that luxury if they come to us in some sort of emergency care. If Sometimes parental rights have already been terminated and it's still some sort of emergency placement. It doesn't happen as often, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we've had parents get the call and say, we have kids that are eligible for adoption or they're about to be eligible for adoption and we see that going this way. We have no other options, Um, but they're going to need to move in with you tonight at 10 o'clock at night. Um, So there's a whole range of possibilities there. 
Wow, that's that's interesting that you say that they could just uh, have a scenario where 10 o'clock tonight, you make a call and said, come on, let's go. Yes. Um, now, they won't do that if you're not certified yet. Right, right. Um, but you could be certified, you know, at 12 o'clock, and you could get the clock at 3 o'clock, that, the call at 3 o'clock that day. That's because the, na- the need is great. Absolutely. Um, we need a lot so, of foster parents right now. Um, to get started, you also have a right, really kind of a cool 888 number. It's 888-MY-YV-KID. Uh, obviously, YV, Youth Village's kid. So 888-MY, Youth Village's kid, YV, kid. And if you're listening and have a pen and paper and you want the actual number, it's 888-699-8543. Translated from the, the, the cool um, uh, letters that they have there. That, again, that's 888-699-8543. If you're driving, don't try to write that down. We, um, they have a website, youthvillages.org. It's really easy to remember, youthvillages.org. And that's the easiest way to get a hold of Callista and her yes. team to um, start a process of um, fostering or tell them you're interested in adoption. Absolutely. And I love that if you take on this process and you have the heart for it and you really want to do it, you get 24-7 support. I, that just blew me away when I read that. I was like, nobody gives 24-7 right. support anymore. When I was trying to decide when I was coming back in to finish my master's degree and take a job, I actually picked working with youth villages because of that 27 support 24 seven support, because I feel like we do it really well. And I really wanted to brag on that point as opposed to taking a job with, um, some other agency. Um, this is the one that I wanted to stick with. And, and actually sometimes a crisis simply becomes a crisis because the availability of help mm-hmm. is not there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, having that twenty four seven, you can avert necessarily a crisis Absolutely. because you now you got somebody you can turn to. Hey, I, I've got this situation coming up. What? How? How can I handle this? Mm-hmm. And then, and now you avoid a crisis where it's happening at midnight, happening at one o'clock. You've got this emotional situation cranking up and no help. Now it's going to be nine o'clock before you can actually talk to somebody. Right. A lot of times that's a little late. And that yeah. can feel really stressful if you don't yeah. have anyone to call and talk to. No, I, and, and obviously you're impressed, Mike. I'm impressed. 24-7 support for fostering, and I guess that includes adoption also? Absolutely. Up until the adoption process is done, mm-hmm. then that child is yours, but we do make referrals to other agencies. Um, there's um, several others, actually, that do post-adoptive counseling, um, so we definitely make sure that we give you some kind of support even after you've been you've gone through the adoption process. I'm having so much fun. I'm losing track of time. You say we only have a few minutes left there, Coach. Yeah, about three minutes. Um, any statistics nationally you want to hit on real quick that you think would be important to share with our listening audience? There are 400,000 children in foster care, and approximately 120,000 are waiting to be adopted, and that's nationally. That's just um, in that's, United States. Yes, that is, um, yeah, that doesn't include international at all, wow. um, which is, is astronomical to me and why I have such a heart for adoption. Um, and then it says we have the 2019 numbers. It'll be interesting to see how that comes out in 2020. Um, but in 2019, 672,000 children spent time in U.S. foster care, which is um, why we try to get them out of foster care as quickly as possible. We try to get them home with their biological families. But we just say you got to love the kids while they're in the home. Um, do we have time for any more? Do we need to? Yeah, give me a Tennessee statistic that you feel is really important that you would like to share. Um, 
I will say this one probably because it applies to us the most. Um, children over eight years of age who are available for adoption have a 20% chance of being adopted, and most most face 10 more years in the foster care system before aging out. So um, if you have a heart for kids over the age of eight and you want to, you are interested in adoption, please reach out to me. Some of my favorite years right now. I got grandkids right now, and they're in that age group. That's a great and, age. Oh, my gosh. So much fun. So – Thank you so much for sharing all this great information about Youth Villages. Traditionally, we do a shout-out here on the Big Yellow School Bus, and we are coming to that point in the show. So you're on with your shout-out. All right. This one was really tough for me. Um, I I think I'm going to have to give a shout-out to my supervisor because she is incredibly patient with me. She had me with the uh, part-time job and then uh, roped me into full-time work, and I am incredibly thankful that she waited for me to say yes, and it has taught me patience when working with my own foster parents. She sounds like a blessing. Absolutely. I'm very thankful Mike, for you her. got a quick shout-out? Yeah, I got a quick one. Uh, I know we've been talking about uh, homes and stuff like that, but I want to give a shout-out to the group parents and to the mentors that, that help. Sometimes they get these kids in, in some really, really tough situations, and they invest themselves emotionally and stuff with the whole goal of getting them out of that house or getting them out of that situation. And it's tough to invest that and make that personal investment with the idea that this kid's going to move on, and that's the whole goal. Yes. So. Excellent, excellent shout-out. My shout-out is going to be a repeat. A shout-out to my daughter, Jessica. Thank you for doing what you're doing and for improving your life and getting away from addiction. I love you. Well, that's it for this edition of the Big Yellow School Bus. Calista, thank you for joining us with Youth Villages. We really, really appreciate it. Mike, thanks for chiming in as usual. I, I love that you're here and part of the show now. Um, we will be back next week on the Big Yellow School Bus. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus every Saturday morning at 9 a.m., Sundays at 7 p.m., and Mondays at 4 p.m. to hear more about what's going on at Murray County Public Schools right here on WKRM, 103.7 FM and 1340 AM.